Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. On Saturday, we it will have been two awful years since Russia began its invasion of Ukraine. One of the few bright spots to emerge from was the speed and depth of the cooperation by EU member states in imposing crippling sanctions on Russia. But the circumvention of those sanctions has also been huge with EU exports to neighbouring countries in the Caucasus and other countries soaring by up to 10 times the usual amount and then ending up in Russia. Commissioner Mairead McGuinness uh, is responsible for financial services and financial literacy, but also the implementation of those sanctions. Good morning, Commissioner. Good morning, Joe. And I think we should add to this awful anniversary. I see in the Irish papers this morning, front page, the, the widow of Alexei Navalny, Yulia, who met with um, foreign ministers yesterday in Brussels, pledging that she would continue her late husband's work for freedom in Russia. So I think the stakes are very high when it comes to uh, this time we're living through. Mm. Um, Two years, as you say, of a horrible war in Ukraine. And that's why our focus and mine in particular is responsibility for sanctions implementation. And you quote some statistics there that we are addressing because we absolutely must prevent circumvention of our sanctions. Yeah, let me talk you through some of the circumvention just so our listeners are aware of it. Uh, Armenian exports to Russia in 2022, went from 50 million uh, to 350 million. Kyrgyzstan went from $25 million uh, to nearly $400 million. Meanwhile, exports from Georgia to the Caucasus and Central Asian nations went from $90 million to $350 million. It's absolutely clear that European companies are flouting the sanctions by selling to the stands and other countries and then who then pass them on to the Russians. And and what's absolutely clear as well is that if you look at direct exports of these goods that can be used in the battlefield, so technologies from our member states to Russia have gone down by 80%. But of course, you quote statistics there that we have discussed with member states and and we're working with them to get those figures down. So there is a route, I suppose, that has developed an indirect route for some of these technologies to make it through to Russia. We have the data. I had a meeting with all of the member states very recently and we spent a day going through um, with the good that's been done because member states are doing a great job in most cases. We now need to focus on specific entities in the European Union who are manufacturing these goods and who are, may not be going directly to Russia because sanctions uh, prevent that, but also Sanctions are very clear that you cannot allow for circumvention. Um, we, we will need to step up on due diligence of these companies. And we also have our special sanctions envoy, David O'Sullivan, who's working at, at the diplomatic level with those countries and others you mentioned. I will be speaking to, to David in two days. Yeah, and that's really important to make them aware that they are facilitating um, this illegal invasion of Ukraine by their actions. So sanctions, which started just, you know, very shortly after the war two years ago, we've accelerated the number of sanctions and the depth of them on the financial sector, on entities, uh, on individuals close to Putin. And indeed, we have another package coming forward uh, to address the horror of what happened to that freedom fighter, Alexei Navalny, whose life was taken because he stood for freedom. And we will have to address that in an upcoming sanctions package. But my focus uh, and the focus of our discussion is on the reality of circumvention. Now, it's no surprise that Russia will look for ways to get around our sanctions. 
But it's also our responsibility to make sure that we avoid that and, you know, plug any gaps, uh, follow uh, the data and look to where the problems are. And that's that's a really strong focus of our work. Yes, it is. Uh, Russia is still able to ship its oil and gas uh, thanks to many Greek-owned oil tankers using different international flags or no flag at all. In fact, the Russian economy, according to the IMF, is set to grow by 2.6% this year. Instead of deflating Russia, it's inflating. Well, now, I mean, you know, let's look at the statistics just before that particular figure. Russia is now a war economy. They're using whatever reserves they have to to boost their um, economy in ways which uh, come up with the figure you've mentioned in terms of growth. But rest assured, our sanctions are hitting them hard. Um, they are really frozen out of the whole um, global financial system. They have some friends, as we know, and they are using their friends to try and avoid many of our sanctions, including in the financial area, but clearly also in terms of goods. So sanctions have impacted Russia's revenues, the value of the ruble. It's also um, impacted on Russia's supply chain. Look at the aircraft sector where safety issues are now um, to the fore because they're not getting access to uh, equipment that they need in order to keep the fleet um, safe. And also many European operators have pulled out of Russia. Sanctions are for the long term. Uh, Sadly, this war has gone on too long. Um, But if you look at what's happening, it looks like it will continue in this vein. And I think yesterday the foreign ministers were very strong in voicing their, their support uh, to do more to make our sanctions really impactful so that the horrors that have been inflicted on um, Ukraine c- do not continue and that we choke off the war machine. And I think, you know, it, it was interesting yesterday, the Saunish to Michal Martin, I mean, he described the death of Alexei Navalny uh, in detention as a reminder of the ruthless regime that is Russia. Um, and this is 2024, and we have a regime that, you know, takes people out of the system that speak up. And indeed, yesterday we saw scenes where people laying flowers in the memory of Alexei Navalny uh, were arrested for, for the simple act of showing support uh, for the family of a man who was deceased in custody mm. and whose body will not be released. So I think when, when you look at this from the perspective of a country like Ireland and Europe and we're free and we have all of the, um, the, the, the pleasures and whatever that come with freedom, and, and right next door, we have a very big country that does not allow freedom and has invaded Ukraine and wants to impose yeah. their their regime on them. Now, I'm conscious of time, Commissioner, and I know you have a very broad remit. Uh, it also includes financial literacy throughout the European Union. Many young people and many not so young people uh, don't know their APR from their GDP or their pension from their PRSI. And it puts them at a major disadvantage later in life. Yeah, I mean, I'm passionate about this topic of, you know, being financially savvy, because sometimes financial literacy sounds awfully proper. But we have a conference today, full day, on financial literacy, resilience and inclusion. And the reason why I wanted to do this with the Belgian presidency, and they've been excellent on this topic, is the realisation that we talk about the financial system sometimes in the abstract, and you know it very well. But in fact, the financial system is there to serve people and businesses. But very often, citizens, all of us, us aren't 
totally sure of financial products we buy, whether we're getting value. Um, and, and while I don't want us all to understand the ins and outs of the financial system, I'd like us to have the confidence to ask the right questions when we are confronted by a choice or a decision. And many don't, I suppose, um, link with the financial system until a loan for a car or a mortgage or a life policy. And, you know, it's not a good time to um, start briefing yourself on these things when you have to make decisions. And I think it should be about lifelong learning about money. And we also know that societal benefits are enormous if we help people manage their money in a good way. So people who have financial worries usually have poor health. Their families suffer, their communities suffer, and society is, is, is the less for that. So while I am responsible for financial services, I think there's a huge benefit to society if we can have more um, financially savvy citizens and help people on that journey. And that's the focus of today's conference. And we have speakers from across the globe and indeed some from Ireland. So I'm really looking forward to the conclusions we come to at the end of the day. And it's a very important area that people are wiser before they start investing uh, in financial products, especially mortgages and insurance and all that. Commissioner, thank you so much for that. That's Commissioner Mairead McGuinness, responsible for financial services. Back up. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.